Welcome to Behind the Lectern. Since 2006, your host, Jeff Klein, has been working with speakers at all levels, from beginners to Toastmasters International Award winners, from experts to National Speaker Association Hall of Famers. In each episode, Jeff introduces you to some of these speakers as you learn about their speaker journey, how they got started, where they came from, where they're going, and more. Take the lessons they have learned on their way to help you with your own path to make speaking work for you. Let's get started. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Behind the Lectern. This is Jeff Klein, and I'm excited to welcome my guest today, Beth Stoller, whose brand is very similar. Uh, She's at the podium, and we're behind the lectern. (laughs) And so we should start our show by telling people the difference between a podium and a lectern, right? (laughs) Sure, absolutely. So uh, the primary difference, or the only difference, is that you stand on a podium and you stand behind a lectern. Correct. Uh, But I think common use has even had some dictionaries add podium to the lectern definition, which is, you know, one of those things that happens with our our very... uh, our, our unique language of English is <laughs> things get added. If people use it wrong uh, for a long time, then it get the definition changes. Yes, it becomes your way of life. So, uh, so let's uh, let's just. I mean, my guest Beth Stoller, welcome. Welcome, thank you, Jeff. Nice to be here this morning. Glad glad you're here. We got a couple of folks in the studio audience, Scott Davis and. Dr. Laura Cobb, and you guys can jump in and ask questions as, as things go, if you like. Uh, we're kind of uh, <coughs> casual and relaxed here at Behind the Lectern. So, Beth, what, uh, how did you get started with speaking? So I got started in speaking um, probably about three or four years ago. In 2014, I launched my business at the podium, and the original purpose of at the podium was to connect speakers to speaking opportunities and for me to be behind the behind the lectern in the back. And after two or three years of doing that and my business evolved, people looked at me and kept saying, you need to speak. And I kept saying, no, I want to stay in the background. That didn't last that long. So about three or four years ago, I was invited to speak about public speaking at a conference for the International Coaching Federation, the Connecticut chapter. And I had to prepare for that. So I've been through that. Now I understand what everybody goes through when they're putting their speeches together, all the nerves and everything else. And I have been speaking ever since. That's great. So what, what, why were you reluctant to get into it? What was the, what were some of the things that. Well, the purpose of me putting my business together wasn't necessarily to be a speaker. I wasn't out there to promote myself and I wasn't out there to be the speaker for at the podium. I was out there so that I could do the business. I learned very early on in 2014, the reason I started my business was because I learned I work with business professionals, people just like me who are out there trying to use public speaking as a way to market themselves and market their business. It's a very organic way of reaching out to folks. Everybody wants to get to those one-to-one sit-down talks, whether it's on the phone or in person or whatever it is on Zoom these days. But the best way to do that 
You can do it on a one-to-many basis when you speak before an audience because everybody's there to hear you talk. They wouldn't be there unless they didn't want to hear what your topic was all about. So this is a wonderful way of taking all of these people that are in the audience and getting to those very important one-to-ones in a much shorter time period. Absolutely. And of course, for those of us who are familiar with Speaker Co-op who are listening, no, <clears throat> that's exactly our model as well. And I love that Beth and I just met recently and that we can collaborate because we're, we're, our audiences are the exact same people. <clears throat> and we both have different ways we can serve them. And some, some are similar, some are crossover, but we, we both understand that there's plenty to go around and, and we know we can, we can win by collaborating. Uh, I will. I will say that because I've had this question in in when I we had when I had a similar conversation. The events that we're talking about are not put together by the speak by the expert or the speaker. They're put together by another organization. So as the expert, you're not responsible for filling the room. Uh, having a clever topic title helps you know people in the organization come to the event for sure. Uh, but the idea is that. The speak to get paid model is all about going to rooms that are being filled for other reasons uh, or for other agendas. And we help give value to those rooms for sure. Right. And we help our clients do that. Yeah, exactly. go ahead. You're complimenting what their conference or their meeting is all about because they wouldn't be bringing you in if they didn't have a topic, if you didn't have a topic that was very important to their audience. Exactly. Um, and that's a big part of uh, both what you and I help folks with is, is be relevant. And you, I'm sure you've had this experience where somebody wanted to speak all about their core business, but that wasn't a good topic for being booked. Exactly. You don't want to be out there selling yourself. You want to be out there sharing your knowledge and your expertise and you're selling yourself by doing that instead of saying, I do this and I do that and I do this and come, I'm the best person in my, in my field. So you want to make sure that you're not selling yourself. You want to make sure that you're selling your expertise so that people can understand and get to know you better. You're really out there building a relationship with the people in your audience. It's all about that. You bet. And the talks are, are about value giving value with you using your expertise. Uh, for example, I had a guy who <clears throat> he was, he bought a kitchen friend or a bath franchise where they, they go in and build bathrooms. And there's, there's actually like four or five companies doing this now, but he wanted to promote that. And I, and he said, well, I want to do, to, you know, talk about cabinets and, and toilets and showers. I was like, no, nobody's going to book you for that talk. It's you're not there to do a 20 minute commercial. Now, right. you can do a talk about prospecting for customers. You could do a talk about customer service. Uh, there's a whole list of, I mean, he could even have done a talk about, you know, color and design as long as it's not, you know, as long as it's not all a commercial. The idea is what value can you give that audience? And, and Beth and I both talk about this to our clients. What's something you can teach them today they can use now? Yeah, you definitely want to make sure that people can walk away from your presentation with actionable items that they can go and use in their business. Sometimes you want to give them actionable items that they will then have to turn around 
and they'll have more questions based on what you've shared with them. But you've given them knowledge that they know that you understand what they're going through. You can say, go try step A, B, and C. And when you get to D, I'm here with your answers. You're sharing what they're going to encounter and letting them know that you have the knowledge for the next steps and you're happy to help them with it. That's really very important. You want to make sure that you give them, you know, that you have in mind something to give them and that a way for them to reach back out to you. Right. So, you know, we get to talk for 18 or 19 minutes and give value. And then that that gives us the right for to spend the last one or two minutes telling you the audience how they can do business with us. Yes, in a gentle way, not yeah, the, not a big, not the, yeah, not a sales pitch. Right. It's not hey, a here's, sales pitch. Here's how you can get more of this information. Yes, and the best thing about that is that your event planner will really appreciate you because you are helping to disseminate knowledge and their, you know, what they're after. So you've gone along with what they want you to present for them. And then they also will look very good because you've done what they've asked you to do. You've provided value for their audience and they're happy as anything. So hopefully you'll get a good testimonial going forward and a referral. Absolutely. And more often than not, these, these speak to get paid engagements should turn into more engagements. Yes. Yes. And you want to make sure when you're talking, you talk in the fact that my clients do this and my clients, this is what people say so that people get a clear understanding that you're not there just to be talking, that this is an interaction that you do with your clients. So if you sort of subtly put those words in, people understand that you are actively in a client relationship, looking for future clients. And that makes it all the easier for people to understand why you're talking without coming out again and saying that. Right. And you have to, you have to connect the dots for people. Uh, I had a short-term client who had a very compelling story about his journey through business. And it was a great story. And then he says, but I want to, I want to get hired to do sales training. There was nothing in his in his keynote address about selling and or about sales training. And I said, well, if you if if that's your goal, then you need to insert into your talk. You know, when I was training, I was working with the sales team the other day and blah, blah, blah. You know, yes. or, or that's why I work with that's why I'm a sales trainer now, blah, blah. I mean, it, it wasn't even his title. It's like, well, let's let's make it, you know, if we we've got to put the word sales in there, if that's what you want, if that's your goal. Yeah. And you want to make sure that people do know when you when you're talking, nobody's saying, again, we're not selling, but you can certainly say when I speak to other audiences or when I spoke to a group at such and such, that gives all of the people in the audience the idea and the knowledge that you are a speaker. You're not just there for that one time that you have spoken at several different locations or several different groups. And that tells them, oh, my goodness, if I really like this speaker, maybe it's a great idea. I can go to maybe I know somebody who's leading an upcoming conference and say, this is a great speaker because they've heard you and they know that you're actively out there doing that. And, the, you know, then there's the whole thing about what, you know, what, what's the budget for the speaker, right? Um, one, of the, one thing that it was a big change for me, but I, I stopped doing free speeches and started waiving my fee. Okay. 
That's yeah. one way to approach it. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's subtle, but it, it made a big difference. And when we do our letter of agreement, it has a value as an amount for the talk. And it says waived on the letter of agreement. And it also says this agreement is confidential. So the person who books you doesn't necessarily, the people in the room don't necessarily know that you aren't being paid to be there. Yes, definitely. And you are hopefully inadvertently getting paid to be there because that's the whole reason for being there. You can do whatever it is with the event planner, and that's very important so that they know that you're there for that. But you can also, when you're talking to people, the people that come up to you after your presentation or on Zoom that reach out after your presentations, those are the people that are hopefully going to be paying, in essence, for your presentation because they're going to create, you're starting to create that relationship with a future client, and hopefully they'll book you for future business. And, and I, I, sure, I've said, I've said this on other episodes, but you know, I live the Zig Ziglar quote, there's no such thing as a free speech. But I think part of that is, you know, again, we were talking about why you're speaking. You know, the, the guy who wanted sales work but wasn't talking about it, right? What, so what, have you encountered any unusual reasons that somebody was speaking or has it all been to get more clients? Well, for the most part, because of the people that I deal with, it is to get more clients. But there are many people that I know that speak for the excitement of speaking, speak because they've had a career full of experience. And they want to go out there and they want to share or they're speaking because their story is so compelling, something that they may have gone through. It could be something negative or positive, but they're looking to share that experience and turn things around so that other people can benefit from what they've learned or can reach out to them so that they can be there as a role model for helping people. So there's a lot of reasons why people will do speaking, not necessarily just for their business, but for them personally. It's a very big way to share and connect with people on that same subject matter because people want to hear and they want to feel what it is that you have to share. That's good stuff. Uh, let's see if anybody in our studio audience has a question or a comment. Uh, does anybody uh, want to ask something about Beth or me? It's okay if you don't. We're just. Uh, checking in with you. Okay, Laura. Okay, okay I will. Uh, I'm Scott Davis. I will ask a question I've uh, followed and understood and met a lot of her gems that uh, Beth has had on her at the podium throughout COVID. And my audience is, is, a, is a different one. It's, it's in the disability community. And since I don't drive it, it can, it can pose challenges. And I, I know a lot of people in that community, but it, it I don't, I have a compelling story, but it's just, just not like I'm in the red lights where, you know, I just live the life and I challenge myself daily to do better. And how can one approach that, not from a, an established business perspective, but it's something I have gems I can offer. What's the best way to, to do that if you're not an active I'm with Toastmasters, but I'm, I won't discount what I can do. It's just how do you approach that as not as stars like you both are? You want to start, Beth? Sure, Scott. We've talked a few times about finding different places that people who are like you hang out, especially these days with Zoom. 
There's a lot of meetup groups. There's a lot of different places online that people and people with disabilities or families with people with disabilities hang out. And reaching those groups are the best places for you to just start popping into the groups and letting people get to know you. And again, that's on an organic level, because once people start to get to know you, then you can start sharing with the group leaders that you are a speaker, because I know that you are, and you have a story to share. So getting to know people and letting people slowly get to know you and then become, and then understand that you're a speaker is the best way for you to get yourself out there and get heard. Very good. And also, Scott, COVID is a huge silver lining for you because we don't have borders anymore. And here we are on Zoom. People here can be from anywhere and consume this podcast. When we put it out as a podcast, people from all over the world will have access to it. So you, you have a start thinking about your community as having no borders. Very important process. Thanks. Okay. All right, Laura. Yeah, I was gonna ask now I was gonna ask Scott a question. Scott, are you on Clubhouse? Scott, are you no, on Clubhouse? I am not, I'm, not, I'm not on Clubhouse. I don't know any information. I'll put my email in there and then if I could have some information and what's your back and then if you could share your background, if you could you could do that, and then I would be able to uh so on the networking part, if from you're, you. yeah, if you're in the in the guest as as in the studio audience, please put your contact information in the chat so you can network with each other. Um, Clubhouse is a tool that's only on devices; it's not on computers, right? You can access it with computer. But oh, not, you, you can't. Oh, no, no. Okay. Yeah, you can, but it's not. Not is there a fee okay. for the service? Is there a fee for the service with Clubhouse? No, no we'll, let's talk offline, maybe. That'd be great. Thank you. Hi, Scott. Maybe that's a good idea for an upcoming mastermind just to talk yeah. about that a there little bit. There you go. And we are being, we are broadcasting on Clubhouse as well. Nobody's in our room right now, but the recording is, will go up there as well. So, um, okay. It's, it's another way for people to can get information and can, and join tribes and consume information. So, okay. Uh, you want to definitely check that out. Uh, any other questions right now? We're gonna we got some other stuff that we can talk. We want to talk about. All right, I have a question for Beth. Go ahead. Hi, hi Beth. It's nice to meet you. Me too. And um, I'm wondering, I'm curious, what was your earliest memory of of speaking or wanting to speak, and and um, what did you learn from it, and how can um, did you grow from it, and what nugget bombshell bam of truth that we can take to move forward? Um, preface that with I don't necessarily believe that public speaking is the number one fear people have. I think it's fear of other people's opinions. I think it's fofo. What are your thoughts about that? And I guess in your first time? Yeah. Um, the first time I think I can remember speaking, you know, I'm sure I did some in high school and all that. And then I had to do, of course, the one in college. Everybody can't, you can't get out of college without doing some kind of presentation. And I remember my presentation, I made, I had to do a demonstrative presentation. So I brought in a toaster oven and my first presentation was making those big pretzels. You know, those big pretzels that you see. Yeah, exactly. So I brought in all the makings of it and I made it and I had a toaster oven with me. So the room smelled delicious. Uh, my pretzels, eh, not so good, but that's my first presentation that I remembered. I don't remember being petrified, but I got through it. And then there's always times I, I always, I'm also a leader. 
as far as I lead a lot of meetings. So my presentation skills have always, you know, I've been sharpening them all along over the years, but you're not, when you're a leader and you're leading a group, that's one thing. If you're leading a meeting, it's another thing standing up in a stage on, you know, in front, either behind a lectern or not, and giving, you are the only one there and you're disseminating your information. That's a totally other thing. So, yeah, I mean, I, re- I think it was partly nerves and partly fear because you don't know what people are thinking. But I also remember doing, you know, being in this business and trying to learn as much as I can over the years. It was a few years of what I teach people. And I learned that people are not as afraid of, I'm more afraid of myself than they are of me doing things. I learned that it's more important for me to forget that I made a mistake and just keep on going because nobody's going to know that but me. I learned it was more important for me to just get through my material. And, you know, as the more and more I do things, the less time I need to take notes. And you gain all of those things. You gain all that experience just by going out there and doing it. So it's just like, you know, riding a bike, you keep falling down, you get up. That's the most important part. So yeah, there's still fear. I don't think there's anybody. Okay, maybe Tony Robbins or somebody big like that. I don't know. But I, I still think that there's always fear. I was reading this morning a book by um, Grant Baldwin, who's somebody that I like to follow. And he says, you have to remember there's fear and then there's excitement. And the two sort of cross. So it's a little bit of both. And if you're not afraid, then you're just too relaxed about it. Your fear keeps you on target. It makes you want to do better. And as long as you take good steps to make sure that you're doing the best that you can, things will happen and you'll get over it. Nice. That's very good stuff. Thank you. So you started you. by, you said, what, what I rented lips. Um, Tell us how you decided to start a business to support speakers. So I was employed. I do have another small business. I am a small business bookkeeper. I've been doing that my entire career. Then I started doing a little bit of networking while I was still doing that. And then one day my day came and I wasn't doing that for one company anymore. I was there for 15 years. I attended a workshop, a four-week workshop at a chamber. Each week had a different speaker. And I was asked to come and speak about one particular small aspect at one of the meetings, but I wasn't working and I wanted to learn. You know, I loved, I've always loved conferences. So what happened was I ended up having coffee with two of the conference leaders of the four meetings. And from those two, I started learning. I was also working on a project for a person in a BNI group that I was part of. And she was a, reverse mortgage specialist who wanted to share with the community what reverse mortgages are all about. So she learned to go to speak at the continuing education courses that they give at night. So I had started working on a project for her and within, for three years, we lined up so that she would go spring and fall for one night in 15 different communities. I learned the value because she started getting new clients. It was the way of she, it was a way of her getting out there. She got clients whether she attended the seminar or not. If that happened to be canceled because of snow, she was printed in the continuing education booklets that had her online. That taught me the importance 
of being in front of people. So from that project and from those discussions with the two people I sat down with at the podium was born out of a conversation over coffee in a Starbucks. Nice. Did you have another question, Laura? No, I see your hand raised. No, I'm good. Okay. Sorry about that. I also forgot to mention that I'm on a podcast of Life Fantastic that we've been doing about a year and a half or two years. So I am speaking. I'm, I'm just, and I've, we've presented at conferences. So I, I am out there live. It's, it's, I just have to remember that too. Sure. Well, and again, the virtual is your, uh, especially with the, you know, the community, if you're trying to reach the differently abled community, I think Zoom could be really big for you. You know, virtual conferences, virtual meetings. Yep. Uh, all that good stuff. So uh, what's what's next, Beth? Do you have some uh, any initiatives coming up that uh, we should know about? So I have a couple of things. I do a, a speaker mastermind group once a month on a Saturday. So I'm always looking to keep that going. I try to keep that fresh. This is the fourth year that I've been doing it. Wow. And that's that I enjoy doing because that brings together the two things that I think are most important for speakers are networking and education. And those are my two things. Jeff, I'm sure you feel the exact same way. Mm -hmm. We need to grow as people. We need to grow within our field of expertise and we need to grow as speakers. We need to take opportunities to learn as much as we can about public speaking so that we can become better at what we do and share our topics in the best way possible. Yeah. So that's what I love about my speaker mastermind group because it's a small group of people and we learn something new each month. So that's something that I'm always working on. And I run small groups occasionally. I always look to do that. And just helping people. I'm always, there's a lot of different organizations that I'm part of. And I'm always out there trying to help people with the things that they do, help find speakers, all kinds of speaker related things. I'm sure there's all kinds of things that you're up to that are in the same similar fashion. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and this is one of them. You know, this is a new, a new, a new effort in this podcast to uh, have speakers tell us their stories. And, and, and I really making it a point to get to not discount people who are brand new. You know, somebody who's just getting started. We've got advice for them. We've got uh, help for them. And and. Um, you know, there. If you know your speaker journey has been two months, that's great. If your speaker journey has been 25, 35 years, we still want to be able to give value to all those folks by hearing other people's stories, which I, you know, which is the importance of, of all this. What What's your background before you got into, before you uh, before bookkeeping? Uh, no, it's pretty much bookkeeping has been okay. my entire career path, um, and networking. You know, when I started doing bookkeeping, I, I started to get the itch of having a small business, but I was working full time and I never saw that I wasn't going to be working full time until I wasn't. Yeah. So I started having that itch about having my own small business. And that's when I started doing networking groups. And then when At The Podium started, I started going to a lot of networking groups in person. I felt like for two or three years, that's all I was doing. But it's the only way. It's important. You need to get your name out there. You need to build relationships and you need to meet people. People like to see eyeball to eyeball as close as we can get there yep. because that's how they start to know you. And Jeff, I'm sure like you, your business is different than everybody else's business. 
I hear that all the time. So people say they will remember you if you get out there and meet people. They'll remember you. I've had people hold my business card when we used to be giving those out. I've had people hold my business card for a couple of years because at that time they weren't ready or they were thinking about, yeah, I got to get to speaking. And then something within their business made them pick up the phone and say, I remember I met you at such and such. This is what's going on. I'm That's sure. Great. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you get the same thing where just people are for whatever reason, they're fear, they're not ready, but then they hold on to you and they've met you. You've made such an impression, Jeff, and they'll reach out to you. You're right. And here's the other thing, Beth, that I, I, I try to encourage people to do. Put your picture on your business card. Yep. That's not just for realtors anymore, because when, you know, that way in three years, when the part comes out of the desk drawer and they go, who is that? Oh, I remember that guy. Because the picture's there. Yeah, definitely. And one of the best things I like, and I'm sure you've encountered this as well, is because we work with business professionals, they're not people that are going to be, you know, getting $10,000 for a speech. But when you help them and you help them put their, their presentation together and you help them find the different speaking opportunities and understand what a good audience for them is, the excitement that they start to feel and especially after they've delivered their first presentation and they come back to you and they're like, they're so stoked. They're so charged. That's one of the best things that I like. Just hearing those that you've helped them to take those steps. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, what, I, and obviously COVID has changed all of our businesses. Some, some, some things have been for the, not for the better and some things have been for the great. Uh, and, and one of the, the great things for me has been now I have international, an international website of speakers and international clients. What are some of the uh, nuggets, the silver linings you've pulled out of COVID for your business? Well, on a selfish note, it's made things much easier for me because you spend a lot less time trying to go to an event. Once you can, yeah, Laura, I see you exactly. Yes. You spend less time in the car And you can actually sit there. I love Zoom. I didn't know how much I loved Zoom until that week in March, um, that first week in March where everything went dormant and we had to hop on Zoom. That was when my first speaker mastermind went on Zoom. And it's not coming off Zoom. I'm not going back in person. I'll do other in-person things when COVID settles down and life goes back to normal. But I love the fact that I have people You know, I can have people just like you, Jeff, from all over the country or all over the world who can attend my events. The only difference is the different time zones. So if I'm doing something at nine o'clock in the morning and it's six o'clock in California, well, but on the mastermind, we've had people from the, you know, from the West Coast. We've had people from Canada. And I love that. It's, It's awesome. So Zoom has so much and it saves so much time. I'm happy to sit on Zoom and talk to people have coffee conversations. It's just, it's made life much easier. That's not to say that those in-person speaking opportunities are not missed. Yeah. I definitely see those, but I see those slowly starting to come back a little bit or the hybrid, the invention yeah. of a hybrid event is so important. I think we've opened up a whole new world for speakers for both but, hybrid and, and tech, yeah. you know. And the speakers really need to focus on 
what's different about speaking virtually because you can't do the same. You have to make some changes. Yes, yes, absolutely. I prefer a Zoom meeting as opposed to a Zoom webinar. I and, and frankly, for me, I don't like talking to nobody. I like talking to people. So for some people, this is one of my speaker fears that I'm getting over because I have to do a Zoom present. I have to do a video presentation. But I prefer, I know I'm you know, staring at that little white dot, but I know that there's people here and I know I can see people's responses. I love that. But it certainly has opened up opportunities for people when they go ahead and they record and do like a masterclass and that goes online. And I see the benefit to that. And that's one of my fears. I'll get over that in the next couple of weeks because I got to do it. Yeah. Well, and when I'm speaking virtually, I put the screen in the um, grid view because I want to see the audience. Yes. But I don't want to be looking down. Right. I want to make sure right. that I'm looking up. Yeah. No, so and, and I go back and forth because I, yeah. I, I, I feed off their reactions as well, which helps. Uh, and, and so, uh, but yeah, you definitely have to get in the habit of looking at the light. And uh, especially when, especially when you're the interviewer, looking at the light is the best thing to do after you've asked your question, because mm -hmm. <laughs> then you're all paying attention to the same spot, hopefully. Yeah. Um, and, and you, on Zoom, you can be interactive. That's one of my favorite things. I want to have a conversation with people. When I give presentations, I don't want to be the person standing and talking at everybody. Yeah. I want to know. And Zoom actually makes that ease, that conversation easier than having 50 people standing in front of you. It's not quite as easy. So that's part. That's the part I like about this as well. Laura, go ahead. You had a couple of questions. I purposefully have myself on mute because I'm quite animated, if you cannot tell. And uh, which Clubhouse doesn't, doesn't uh, capture. However, on Zoom it does. And so I love what you said, Beth. Oh my gosh, I totally agree with you. I mean, like I'll put myself on mute, that's fine. But then I can still, you can still know what I'm thinking and feeling because I just can't hide it. It's just whatever. Yes. And uh, I love what you said too about, I'd rather be having a meeting than a webinar. I don't want to, when I'm in, actually, I don't prefer when I'm in those meetings or those webinars where the person's just speaking to me and I don't see any other chat. I don't see any other chat. I don't know anybody else is there. I feel lonely. Yes. I don't it's recorded, but then I can tell that it's not recorded because they're saying names and such. My phone's ringing. I beg your pardon. At the same time, I want to interact. I want to see other people there too. I don't want to feel alone. I think what you're doing, what you offer, you articulated exactly how I feel. Yeah, and you feed off of the people. I, you know, I'm trying to look at the light, but I could see your head shaking or I could see people's faces. That's when you know that you have reached somebody as opposed to staring at a bunch of blank faces or a webinar you can't even tell. I don't look at faces. Like right now I'm looking at your screen. I'm looking at your faces now. That's not interesting to me anymore. I'm so over that. I'm like, this is actually difficult for me. I'm used to talking to the camera. I don't need, you know, I'm like, I'm connecting here because the eyes are the soul. Yes. Here, here. Do you have you found that bad? Does it get easier after time? Because like for me, this is difficult to do right now when I'm looking at you down. This is tough. Well, I don't that's care. why I raise yeah. my computer up so that I'm looking straight at it. Most of the time it's the same level. So okay. I actually, I take a box, a puzzle box, and I raise up my computer. So my computer, the com camera is at my eye level. And I want to make sure that I'm doing that as much as I can, because that's where people know that you're really listening. And I got one of these flexible uh, desktop pieces that so I can do a standing desk so I can stand when I'm speaking. 
Yeah, that's really important. And I haven't, that's something I want to do, but I haven't gotten there. Most of my speaking has been doing from sitting in my chair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Beth also had a, a couple other ideas, uh, other questions. What, what's your guess? I'm sorry, Laura had a couple other questions. What's Beth, what's your best guess and how the, the industry is moving? And I, I'm assuming Laura, you mean the speaking industry. Yeah. So I think going forward, What's going to happen is slowly conferences are starting to start up. I know for me personally, over the last like November and December, we started meeting in person with some of the different organizations. So there was all of that starting to meet in person and then Omicron took over and everybody stopped. But I think we're going to slowly start meeting in person again. And I've been looking out there and there are conferences that are being scheduled and more and more organizations are looking for that hybrid way of doing things. So the people that can get together are getting together. A lot of them are requiring speakers to be present. And I, because I think in 2022 that we're in now, I think that more things are going to start to open up. And I think people are tired of not being getting together. So I think regardless they're going to be opening up conferences and things like that. But that hybrid part, I believe, is going to be a new feature that we're going to be seeing. So you're going to have, as a speaker, you're going to have to learn to speak to an audience and speak to the camera at the same time. Yeah. And uh, the other thing that, that is good also happening that's a positive is when people are in the room, they're open to virtual speakers who are not because they're not afraid of the technology anymore. I did that a few months back. That is a challenge as a speaker. You being the person that is zooming into a group. Again, back to the fact that I like to be interactive. One of the features I love on Zoom is to be able to put people in breakouts. So I had been doing that. And one of my presentations that I talk about is uh, your 60-second, mastering your 60-second commercial. It's called, So What Do You Do? So what I usually do is I put people in groups so that they can talk amongst themselves and work together in groups on mastering, you know, on creating their commercials. This time, I wasn't able to go from, quote, room to room. Yeah. They were all in one room and I couldn't be the person around there. So there are things that hold you back as a speaker if you're the one that's not with everybody else. So you've got to figure out different yeah. ways of working with those hindrances. And one, one way that we've come up with is to ask the group to have somebody volunteer their, their smartphone or their tablet so that we can, they've got the one group where we're, we're actually in the, you know, we're speaking out of this laptop, but we need another camera showing what the room is doing. And if they'll do that, that'll help a lot. Yeah, or as actually just taking an extension of that, maybe one person from each group could have a Zoom and yeah. you could they could dial in and you could talk to the group from that phone while they're doing it. So that might be another way of doing that as well. Yeah. But yeah. it is a challenge, you being the hybrid coming into everybody else being in person. So unless if you're doing a keynote, that's fine. A keynote is where everybody, you know, you're talking to everybody. So usually as a keynote, that would be, but workshoppy or interactive, those kind of things, that's where it would be much more of a challenge. Yeah. Um, and then that brings in, you know, uh, Laura mentioned that's people are bringing assistance um, and having other people produce the Zoom. 
And that can be real beneficial as well. So that way, as the speaker, you're not having to deal with what's happening in the chat and, and all the other moving pieces that are going on. So yeah, uh, very yeah. helpful as well. So I know, and it's, it's probably just, I don't have a person to lower your hand after you raise your hand. So <laughs> just making sure, Laura, you didn't have another question. Okay, that's good. <laughs> it, it's uh, so now, well, but that's something I need to pay attention to uh, is as I'm doing these podcasts so that I, I keep, you know, it all runs smooth as it were. Yeah, it would be nice if Zoom came up with a feature in their chat screen that said, when somebody wants to chat to the host, that it would come up instead of all of the other Zooms that are, you know, all the other chats that are amongst that. Because you can't tell the difference when you're seeing the number in the right. chat thing. You yeah. can't tell whether it's directed at you or whether it's just interaction that everybody's talking. So yeah, maybe that's, that's something sure. that we can suggest to Zoom going forward. Well, and and I mean, that they've definitely adapted as other, you know, they've, there are things people have said we need and they've changed them. So uh, perhaps that's, a, you know, an idea to send that in. If there are more, more of us who send in the idea, the more likely it is to happen, right? Yep, absolutely. Uh, one of the things I, I want to make sure that uh, you tell people how to do business with you. So oh, let's, let, this is a good time for, for, for you to do that, I think. Um, and I that, well, let's, that. Yeah, before we do that, let's make sure that nobody in our studio audience has any other questions for you. Because I want to address, you know, I want to make sure we take care of that. Just continue to do the awesome job. And I've, I've been both in the uh, mastermind group uh, after dark with six or seven individuals, eight, where we get to talk about different aspects. And we did about clarifying our message and how to overcome the fears and all that. And then the, the monthly masterminds with Beth. So I've been able to uh, have that experience and also with my experience on Life Fantastic for Disabilities, that, that's helped a lot also. And I'll be reaching out to each one of you and then if anyone is in the world, uh, they can always contact one of you and, and I can get that information out to you. Excellent. Thank you, Scott. What a great testimonial for you, Beth. Yeah, thank you, Scott. Much appreciated. Scott's been part of my group for, oh, two, three years now, Scott. Yeah, right? so I saw it on Facebook. I said, wow, you're doing this. I said, why not? Good for you. Yep. Excellent. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So first of all, how do, how do we... And how did we engage with with uh, it at on the podium? So at the podium, you can go to my website, which is www.atthepodium, all one word, dot biz, B-I-Z. That's my website. And then I will put my information in. Um, my email address is simply beth at atthepodium.biz. And on my website is information about uh, the couple groups that I run. So I do things individually. It's all custom. People can work with me by just, I call it a podium powwow. If they've got questions about a presentation and they need help, that's one way. We can do a couple of coaching sessions, or I have a speaker development program that takes somebody from, I want to be a speaker to, I am a speaker. So we do a four-month program. There's different ways of doing that. I run my monthly Saturday mastermind that's on the second Saturday of each month. And I'm happy to have people reach out to me to come and be a guest on that. That's how Scott started. 
Um, and then every once in a while, I run some other groups, depending on what's going on. Scott was talking about another group that I did about speaker mindset, about stepping into being a better speaker because it's all up here and how we present ourselves to the world. So that's, there's different ways of working together. That's great. Beth at at the podium biz is how you reach Beth Stoller. Wonderful. And of course, at speakercoop.com, you can list yourself to be found by event planners who use our website regularly. Uh, right now, we have a special where everybody who joins in 2022 gets is guaranteed a speaking engagement. Uh, that's uh, That may be a podcast, it might be a summit, it might be a virtual room, but everybody who joins is guaranteed a, a speaking gig. So, and of course we have three different member levels that uh, you can get at speakercoop.com slash membership. Yeah. And, uh, all, the, all the links will be in the, in the uh, notes. And of course we have an affiliate program. I'm sure Beth can help you if you refer people to her as well. Um, and then thank you to our studio audience. We're thrilled that you joined us and we will see everybody or hear you at the next episode of Behind the Lectern. Absolutely. Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate the opportunity and thank you for everybody who was here joining us today. You are so welcome. Thanks, Beth. Great job. Thanks for joining us on Behind the Lectern. You can find an archive of our episodes at BehindTheLectern.com. You can also access useful speaking information at speakercoop.com forward slash education. Join us next time for another great speaker journey with an expert and our host, Jeff Klein. We'll catch you next time.